Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Wednesday, March 29th in Hong Kong, Tuesday, March 28th in New York. And coming up today... Top U.S. financial officials outline what is likely to be the biggest regulatory overhaul of the banking sector in years. Micron Technology gives a better sales forecast than analysts had feared. And Alibaba announces plans to split its empire into six business units. A U.S. warship docks in South Korea for the first time in 60 years. North Korean hackers posing as journalists gather international intelligence. Biden says chip production must be done in the U.S. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Top U.S. financial officials outlined what's likely to be the biggest regulatory overhaul of the banking sector in years. Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr, FDIC Chairman Martin Grunberg, and Treasury Undersecretary for Domestic Finance Nellie Liang all testified before a Senate panel. They brought forth an initiative aimed at addressing underlying issues that contributed to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and other U.S. lenders. Michael Barr outlined future steps. We need to move forward with our work to improve the resilience of the banking system, including the Basel III endgame reforms, a long-term debt requirement for large banks, and enhancements to stress testing with multiple scenarios. We must also explore changes to our liquidity rules and other reforms to improve the resilience of the financial system. So a lot being considered here, Martin Grunberg called for serious attention to the capital requirements for the securities portfolios of banks with assets at higher than $100 billion. He also said the FDIC would lay out options for potential changes to deposit insurance coverage. At the moment, it's capped at $250,000. Well, the founder of the crypto exchange FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, is facing more criminal charges. He is now accused of conspiring to bribe Chinese government officials. That story from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Prosecutors allege Bankman-Fried authorized bribing at least one Chinese official with at least $40 million worth of cryptocurrency in 2021. And the prosecutors say this was all part of an attempt by Bankman-Fried to get the officials to unfreeze accounts at Almeda Research, a Hong Kong-based trading firm affiliated with FTX. Those accounts, they say, held more than a billion dollars in cryptocurrency. With this new charge of conspiracy to violate the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, Bankman-Fried now faces 13 criminal counts. He's already pleaded not guilty to fraud related to bankrupt FTX and Alameda. He's out on bail trial scheduled for October. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. 
China's online commerce leader Alibaba announced plans to split its empire into six business units. The move frees up the company's main divisions from e-commerce and media to the cloud to operate with far more autonomy. It also lays the foundation for future spin-offs and market debuts. We heard earlier from Bloomberg's Stephen Engel. Alibaba's gone from an $800 billion valuated company down to about $220 billion. So now they're, they're going to kind of be reshuffled. Is this at government order? We don't know. Is it going to unlock more value than the pre-breakup, if you will, or pre-ant breakup? We don't know yet. A lot of questions to be answered. Alibaba's shift to a holding company structure is rare for major Chinese tech firms, and it could present a template for Alibaba's peers throughout China. Decentralizing Alibaba's business lines and decision-making power also addresses one of Beijing's primary goals uh, during its, its sweeping crackdown on the tech sector that was launched a couple of years back. Alibaba ADR has closed 14.3% higher, but uh, to uh, Steve's point, if you look at the shares, um, they're trading around $84.25 in Hong Kong. They topped out over 300 So that's why a company that used to have an $800 billion valuation is now down in the 200s. Doug? Well, after the bell here in the U.S., we heard from Micron Technology. The company gave a forecast for the current quarter better than some analysts had feared. That story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Micron is the largest American maker of memory chips, and the quarter is sparking hope that the worst of a brutal industry slump may be over. Micron said sales will be as much as $3.9 billion in the fiscal third quarter. That compares with an average of analyst estimates of $3.75 billion. CEO Sanjay Marotra said customer inventories are getting better, and we expect gradual improvements to the industry's supply-demand balance. The forecast suggests the memory chip market may be poised for a comeback after a rough stretch. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. AMC shares rose more than 13% after the Intersect website reported that Amazon is weighing a possible acquisition of the movie theater chain. AMC has struggled financially as consumers have returned slowly to cinemas after the pandemic. Bloomberg's Tom Giles says acquiring AMC would be a win for Amazon. Amazon wants to make a splash in Hollywood. They are spending more and more money on big production shows and movies. And if you wanted an additional outlet for distribution of those movies as people tentatively come back to theaters, this is one way they could do it. The Intersect website said that AMC theaters could serve as a platform for the 12 to 15 movies that Amazon plans to release in cinemas every year. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. Paul Allen will join us in a few moments. So a big move here by Alibaba, uh, Doug. It gets a little bit more interesting, though, when we think about other big Chinese tech companies. Tencent was up 8%, JD up 4%. Uh, on the one hand, they, they might benefit as well in unlocking value. But on the other, you know, this this move could provide a lot stiffer competition for uh, for these companies, some of the other companies buy these specialized Baba units. Bloomberg Intelligence said, for instance, that Meituan and C might struggle a little bit. I would say this, no matter what, uh, Hong Kong looks to benefit from a lot of lucrative IPOs coming. And I'd expect Hong Kong exchanges and clearing to probably uh, do well in today's session. I would uh, say that's a safe bet. The other thing to think about when it comes to competition, maybe this is what Beijing would like to see, because in that environment of 
tougher competition, that's where the innovation comes. And I think the government has already acknowledged the fact that innovation is needed in order to drive the, the next lever, uh, or level of uh, recovery in the Chinese economy. So maybe, maybe that's part of the design here, Brian. Yeah, and the other big story that we obviously rolled out, uh, and I'll just pose a question to you, and you can have fun trying to answer it. Uh, <laughs> does, the, does the market want to see more regulation of the banks or more punishment of those who get themselves in trouble? Well, I think the market probably was well prepared for the idea that we're going to see tougher regulation, particularly for some of these mid-cap banks that have been flying underneath that $250 billion uh, level that was uh, set when uh, Dodd-Frank was revisited a couple of years back. So the conversation now, not only from Michael Barr, who is the vice chair of supervision at the Fed, but Martin Grunberg, uh, who is uh, the chair of the FDIC, talking about uh, banks with assets over $100 billion needing serious attention. So I think now that the market is kind of embracing this idea, and really, if at the end of the day, it means greater stability for the financial system, then I think a number of people are going to be on board with that. I think a lot of people would also like to see uh, more of a, a separate look at regulation and supervision. Regulation is one thing, and they may have to um, write some new laws, but the supervision is something that should be like on an ongoing basis mm. and maybe should have gotten out in front of what the management at Silicon Valley Bank was doing. It's something that we can uh, try to unlock further with our guest. We have Christina Hooper coming up, Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco, and we'll be taking a closer look at the markets. Now it's time for Global News. Well, for the first time in 60 years, a U.S. Navy warship has docked at a South Korean port. Ed Baxter has global news in the 960 newsroom in San Francisco, Ed. Yeah, right, Brian. The U.S. has an over 70-year relationship history, but yes, it has been 60 years. Carrier USS Nimitz is in Busan Harbor as the two nations carry on military drills in international waters. Captain Craig Sokola says an important mission. This port call reflects the mutual interest and the shared goals between our countries just to maintain peace through dialogue and diplomacy. Uh, this is uh, North Korea has been banging the drum on growing nuclear capabilities. Meanwhile, suspected North Korean hackers are posing as journalists and trying to gather intelligence about international officials posing as journalists from uh, the Voice of America. U.S. President Joe Biden is kicking off his Investing in America tour, making remarks at a factory in North Carolina that he says is lined up to make semiconductors. He says Republicans are content with the work being done elsewhere. We want to seed our clean energy future to China to make us dependent on overseas supplies and supply chains, export jobs overseas, and weaken our energy security. And meanwhile, Biden also talked about getting an assault weapons ban passed in Congress. Last year, we came together to pass the most significant gun safety legislation in 30 years. It was bipartisan. We got it done. And don't tell me we can't do more together. So I again call on Congress to pass the assault weapons ban. But Republican Senator John Toon says this is not the right time with Nashville happening yesterday. With respect to any um, discussion of legislation, it's premature. Uh, there's an ongoing investigation, and I think we need to let the facts come out. Fact. Well, Nashville police chief says the investigation shows that uh, the perpetrator owned seven illegally purchased weapons, including semi-automatic. Three of those weapons were used yesterday uh, during this horrific tragedy uh, that happened. And says she was under mental health care programs.
The wide-ranging hearings on the banking crisis we've been talking about today brought to the fore again. Longtime bank regulation critic Senator Elizabeth Warren showed what she said was an example of lax regulation. Examiners were asking too many questions that they should, quote, let us know, end quote. Now, there's a banking regulator who makes it clear that she is there to serve the big banks instead of the American public. Now, Warren wants to make sure that regulations are changed for any bank holding more than $100 billion in assets. Ukraine has a new voice for its attack warning systems. Now, I I, want to let you know this is a demonstration. Okay, a demonstration. Now, the voice is that of Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. Attention, air raid alert. Proceed to the nearest shelter. Don't be careless. Your overconfidence is your weakness. And then the all clear. Attention. The air alert is over. May the force be with you. Indeed. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Let's get to our guest. Christina Hooper joins us, Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Christina, the, the market must be doing something uh, right here in that it would appear that both the bulls and the bears are kind of equally frustrated. They're not getting their way. They're not, but perhaps that's a good thing. Um, certainly better than than some of the alternatives, right? Uh, the reality is there is a fair amount of confusion about where the economy is going from here. Um, are we past this mini banking crisis? And what will the Fed do going forward? So I think it's it's fair to expect this kind of, of market environment. That's the question that we actually should be putting to you, not you to us. <laughs> Why don't you answer it while you're at it? It was rhetorical, but <clears throat> yes. Uh, so my expectation is that we're likely to see the Fed hike rates one more time. Now, I, I, I think there's probably a slightly more than 50% chance of that. And of course, they are data dependent, so that could change. Um, but then I would expect 
the Fed to hold. It does not want to cut rates. And unless we see a very significant deterioration in the U.S. economy, I don't think they will cut rates, uh, at least not in the next several months. Um, now, of course, what happens with markets? I think markets will get more comfortable the more distance we have from the last um, banking issue that, that um, popped up. Um, the more distance we have from that and, and once we get to a Fed pause, I think markets are going to start to look out and start to anticipate an economic recovery next year uh, and, and uh, could move into more of a risk on stance. Um, that's certainly not the case today, um, but that could change. Now, I do think the economy um, experiences a downturn, um, possibly a mild recession in the back half of this year, but I don't think it's a deep recession. I don't think it's a broad-based recession. And I think we, we see uh, an economic recovery in 2024, just as markets are likely to discount. And where do you stand on the inflation question? Do you feel that that fight is getting towards the end, that things are coming under control, especially when you consider the lagging impact of the rate hikes we've seen so far? I think it's all about the lagging impact. I think the Fed is going to be um, satisfied enough with progress. This is not going to be perfect. It's not going to be an immaculate disinflation. But I do think we're going to see significant progress this year. And it's going to be enough to satisfy the Fed, um, hence the change in position and the move to, to a pause. And speaking of rhetorical questions, uh, one that I posed to Doug earlier, perhaps you heard it. Uh, do you think the market wants to see more regulation of the banks here or would they rather see more punishment of those who get themselves in trouble? <laughs> I don't think the market wants much more regulation, but I think it's willing to tolerate smart regulation. And so that's hopefully what we'll ultimately get. You know, sometimes with regulation, you can get overkill. That's not very smart. Um, so I'm hoping for, for smart regulation um, that is, is both forward looking and, of course, um, reacting to what's happened. Yeah, in terms of regulation, there's quite a lot. If we take a look at the Dodd-Frank Act, for example, that's 2,300 pages long. There are 400 rules and mandates. Uh, is it a question of there being enough regulation or perhaps maybe too much? And, and is it not being enforced correctly? Well, I think that if you were to write a postmortem on Dodd-Frank, you'd largely say that it was a success uh, in terms of really addressing kind of the key issues um, that impacted and caused uh, the global financial crisis. Uh, now, uh, one could argue and make a, a very good argument that it was overkill, that there was a lot more to it than was necessary. But I think a lot of the key elements have uh, helped improve the environment and prevented the kind of crisis we saw uh, in, in 2007 through 2009. So Bloomberg listeners are smart people. Uh, one in particular has a million dollars safely tucked into four different accounts at banks, but wants to know what the Christina Hooper blue ribbon call is to do with that money now. 
Well, it all depends on your time horizon, but I'm assuming that they have a, a long time horizon. And so I would say it is time uh, to really think about one's exposure to a broad array of asset classes. Um, so uh, certainly it's it's nice to have uh, keep one of those buckets uh, in cash uh, for now, but start deploying the others into equities. Uh, um, I'm excited about equities outside the US, particularly Asia EM in this environment. I think the China reopening um, is going well, and I think it's going to exceed um, many uh, people's expectations for this year. And that will be a positive, that will have a halo effect for Asia EM in general. Um, within fixed income, investment grade credit. In terms of the uh, emerging markets um, position, we still have a persistently strong US dollar that would rather weigh on EM. Do you see that changing? I do think that's going to change. Um, certainly, the US dollar strength um, is typically a function of, of three things, right? Um, uh, interest rate differentials, growth differentials, and of course, um, the the perceived need for a safe haven asset class like the U.S. dollar. So we've gone through some difficult times recently, um, but I would anticipate that as as we move through the year, that is likely to change and we won't see uh, the dollar as strong. Okay, in 45 seconds, uh, this big move by Alibaba, does that set a template for even American big tech companies? Well, I certainly think there are technology companies out there um, thinking about um, how to um, unleash uh, opportunities, uh, unleash interest and excitement. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to see many follow that same path, but I'm sure it's a consideration right now, uh, as it should be. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.